Hi everyone, and welcome to the 81st episode of Kingdom Hearts Union. I'm your host, Brandon, and I'm here with Churro! Hi guys. Let's go in. I'm very tired right now. It's, uh... It's your birthday! Yeah, yes, it is, and unfortunately, I had a rough start to my birthday, too. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. And, um... But yeah, you were uh, you were hanging out at uh, Disney yesterday, right? Yeah, downtown Disney with some uh, very good Kingdom Hearts friends of mine, and I wish you were there too, Brendan. But um, yeah, yeah, the <laughs> the flight to California is a little little expensive. Yeah, but nonetheless, I know you're there in spirit. But I had a lot of fun. Yeah. We we just hung out downtown Disney, got uh, dinner at Cheesecake Factory, and. Yeah, that was mainly it. You know, just nice to see everybody again. And if I if I'm hearing correctly, it was like the 60th anniversary of uh, Walt uh, Disneyland. Yes, it was. It was the diamond Sweet. anniversary of it, and my God, that place was overrun. Yeah, um, I didn't. We didn't go to the park, which is a good thing because um, I heard it was really extremely packed. But even in downtown yeah, Disney, it was just busy, busy, busy. Yeah, I can imagine that on an on an anniversary, it would be pretty bad because like. Just a normal day in the middle of the summer is pretty bad. Pretty much. Yeah. So, so yeah. You had your birthday. You had a Disney, Disneyland. So that sounds awesome. Uh, anything else? Anything else you've been busy with? Um, anything else exciting? I just finished Comic Con last week. It said Comic Con. And then I'm getting ready for uh, D23 in Anaheim. Yeah. So that should be really awesome. So yeah, anyway, for you new folks, Kingdom Hearts Union is part of the podcast series called Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union and is presented by the Gaming Union Network. We run on a four-week rotation with a new show every other Tuesday with Final Fantasy Union and we come out on the iTunes store, KingdomHeartsUnion.com, YouTube.com slash KHUnionVids, and... And Kingdom Hearts Ultimania's Twitter, which is at KHUltimania. So, we have a two-segment show today. We first have our news segment, and then uh, second, our question segment. If you listened to our episode last uh, last month, you would have heard that uh, to this particular episode is going to be a special question oriented episode so as promised we are doing a mostly question oriented segment but we did happen to get one piece of news so we wanted to quickly cover that and get that out of the way uh so we will have a new segment as well uh so anyway in the way of announcements as always you guys can support us on patreon at patreon.com slash union. so if you like the show if you want the show to get better if you want us to do more cool stuff uh definitely Go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash FFKHUnion, and show your support. And as a reminder, as always, be a part of the show. Send us your questions to khuquestions at gmail.com. So, you know, just like these people that will be uh, asking their questions uh, in our question segment, and they're going to get their uh, answers from us in the question segment, if you guys want to be a part of that segment... In a future episode, definitely send your questions to khuquestions at gmail.com. So, our first segment, news! Hey, there's news after E3 too. There is news. Very, very surprise news, because we didn't, we didn't get this, uh, we literally just got this news, so that's good. So, uh, it has been announced that Kingdom Hearts 3 will be showcased at the D23 event in Anaheim. Yeah. So the North American D23. So we knew in advance, like as early as like April, I think, that uh, D tw- that the D23 event in Tokyo 
uh, would definitely have uh, some Kingdom Hearts 3 stuff at the Kingdom Hearts fan event. But now we have just found out that Kingdom Hearts 3 will also be shown at the D23 in Anaheim, California. Uh, so this will be happening Sunday, August 16th at 11 a.m. Uh, and as the press release says, uh, fans won't want to miss never-before-seen gameplay, trailers, new reveals, and surprises from Disney Interactive's most anticipated games. Among the games participating in the presentation are Disney Infinity 3.0 Edition, Star Wars Battlefront from Electronic Arts, and Kingdom Hearts 3 from Square Enix. Uh, Disney Interactive will showcase more Star Wars characters and playsets with uh, the new D23 edition, blah, 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 Hall 23, Electronic Arts, Star Wars, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, so there's a little bit at the end about Kingdom Hearts 3 again, which is Square Enix will also bring special guests and surprises to Hall D23 to reveal new information from Kingdom Hearts 3. So it's going to be next month. It's going to be, <laughs> it's going to be a challenge to record next podcast because, uh, that happens to be the weekend that we record next episode. And, so we're um, going to need to figure that one out. Yep. <laughs> and then I probably won't be back from D23 until late. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And by the way, Churro's going. So. <laughs> the question is, when am I not going? Yeah. When are you not going? But, you know, just, just saying. So, you, you know, Churro's going to be there. We're going to need to figure out how we're going to record this episode. Um. Well, the next episode when, when it actually all goes down. But, um, yeah, that's exciting. So Square Enix is going to have some special guests. So uh, what do you think any... of, uh, special guests they're going to bring? Uh, I'm going to guess Namora, you know, seems like the, that's the classic, classic choice. I'm going to say potentially also Tayasue, but I would also think maybe some Disney people. Yeah. That's Namora for sure. Cause, uh, Namora is getting a little, um, like travel friendly. Uh, yeah, past year yeah, he's getting more open and uh i mean if if there was if there's anyone that I would guess might not go it might be tayasue as ironically because he's the one that uh speaks english but my only reason for saying that if if there was anyone that wouldn't go it would be tayasue the reason is because he actually is in charge of the development staff whereas nomura is uh Namora more directly deals with Tayasue and the creative staff. So uh, I think with Namora, he's probably a little bit more free than Yasue is. Well, if both of them can be at E3, both of them can be at this event. True, true. That's true. I'm just saying, yeah, if there, if there was any any one of the two of them that wouldn't go, I would say Yasue would be the first one to go. I say Namora is probably a dead ringer. Yeah, he's, definitely he's like, he's definitely, well, he is the head honcho, so he's got to be exactly. there, you know, just for yeah. Kingdom Hearts sake. And then I think, you know, probably some Disney people. I wouldn't be surprised if the uh, people that we saw in the uh, announcement trailer at E3, uh, when they were talking about their relationship with Square Enix, I wouldn't be surprised if they were there in person. Uh, I know one of them was like a producer, and then I guess the other one might have been like an animation director. I'm not sure who the other guy was, but uh, I'm guessing, you know, producers from Disney films that will be appearing in Kingdom Hearts 3. Uh, do you have any ideas as to what kind of new information they might be talking about, considering it is D23? Um, considering what Nomar said at E3, um, they talked about worlds, and Nomar said mm-hmm. they'll be moving new worlds soon. And I'm guessing that's one of the big features, because since Disney is totally behind this now, 
it'd be more mm-hmm. appropriate to reveal at least one or two new Disney worlds and probably Kyrie and Riku's Kingdom Hearts 3 outfits. Yeah, that could be a possibility. Now, I'm going to I'm going to throw something out here. It's a little bit a little bit reaching, I'll admit, but I just want to make a little note that something interesting about this whole event. Kingdom Hearts isn't the only game that is being showcased there. If you look at the games that are being showcased there, there's a little bit of a connection that the other two games have that maybe Kingdom Hearts 3 has, namely a galaxy far, far away, you know, Star Wars. So Disney Infinity's talking about Star Wars. Star Wars Battlefront is obviously talking about Star Wars. Do you think that maybe Kingdom Hearts 3 is ready to start talking about Star Wars? It's a possibility. I mean, a lot of people are making those theoretical decisions already. Yeah, so I'm thinking that that's my that is my craziest uh version of what I think is going to happen is I think they're going to talk about Star Wars. And just cuz yeah, well you're not reaching too far, so just cuz, you know, Disney owns them and the other two literally the other two games that are in this event, they're all talking about Star Wars. So, I don't know. I think it's a possibility. And of all the places to announce it, I think the uh, Anaheim G23 would probably be the best one because, you know, it's... I mean, events. not only that, Star Wars had a huge impact this year. Oh, I yeah. mean, you oh, had yeah. the Star Wars celebration earlier this year in Anaheim. You mm-hmm. had a uh, Star Wars panel at Comic-Con, Star Wars movie coming out later this year. So it's... I wouldn't be surprised if there's, like, more uh, Star Wars Episode Seven stuff, you know, being discussed at uh, D23, just in general. Well, yeah, because they didn't uh, release anything at Comic-Con. Like, they only had, like, a panel with all the actors and the creative team behind it. They had it. like a behind the scenes video. Yeah, but they didn't show like it. no no new footage which probably would be shown yeah. at D23. Yeah, so maybe there'll be like a Star Wars trailer, Star Wars Episode 7 trailer there. So, I'm thinking, yeah, that's I would say New Worlds. I totally agree with you. They're definitely going to be talking about New Worlds. Uh, from what we heard from Square Enix at E3, they told us that uh, they weren't talking about Worlds at E3 beyond what they already said. Because there was a plan for uh, how they would be revealing more worlds going forward. And I would say this pretty much lines up as one of the parts of their plan. You know, it's a Disney event. So obviously they're probably going to be talking about Disney World. And I wouldn't be surprised if one of them happened to be Star Wars. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm really excited for this. Um, well, think about like the fan reaction of Star Wars. Yeah, revealed. definitely. That's good. That once it's like confirmed, well, if it gets confirmed, yeah, that's going to be seriously a big deal. Now, what I wonder is, so let's say they do cover Star Wars. I'm personally a little worried, even though I'm really excited for the movie. I'm worried that they're going to be covering Star Wars Episode Seven and the newer trilogy, like the new new trilogy, not the prequel trilogy or even the old trilogy. I think they're going to completely uh, ignore, uh, you know, the original trilogy and just go straight to Star Wars Episode Seven. Just because they better not. It's in it's in Disney's best interest, so to speak, to promote this. Uh, this particular new trilogy because that's the ones they're selling now. But I think I think <sighs> it'll make it'll make a lot of Star Wars fans unhappy if they did it that way because it's kind of like you yeah. the originals can't be beaten, you know. So 
And then, you know, let's not talk about the prequels. Yeah, true. Like, I don't even know how it would, like... I mean, in the in the Star Wars timeline, as far as I understand, so the original trilogy, not the prequels, takes place, I think, like, 30 years or something like that? 30 years before the new trilogy that's coming out? So let's say, hypothetically, we cover the new trilogy in uh, Kingdom Hearts 3, and let's say Birth by Sleep Volume 2 comes out. Birth by Sleep Volume 2 really couldn't cover the original trilogy because the time gap's not big enough. I mean, they could, I mean, I guess they could do whatever they want. It's a work of fiction, but right. <laughs> you know, it'd be, it would be kind of weird. Like, at least with, at least in the case of like, uh, like the Hercules world, when, you know, you're dealing with young Hercules, when you look at the time gap of young Hercules in Birth by Sleep, all the way until, you know, adult Hercules in, you know, the Kingdom Hearts series, you know, it makes sense. You know, 10 years is about the time that passed between, what you what you saw in Birth by Sleep in Olympus Coliseum and what you saw in Olympus Coliseum throughout the rest of the Kingdom Hearts timeline. So they've showed in the past that they try to respect that time gap, and it would be, I don't know, it would kind of suck if, like, we, we couldn't get the original trilogy. I don't know. That's just my worry, just because I, I know that Disney, they're trying to get... You know, they're, they're a business and they want to promote their, you know, their upcoming franchise. It makes sense, but yeah, I mean, I'm sure Namar can find a way to make everything fit. I mean, I mean, he's the one that writes up everything before he presents it to the executive. So, I mean, he's, he, like I said, he's got to figure it out already. Exactly. And, uh, so yeah, but I will say Star Wars episode seven looks really cool. It looks like how I want Star Wars to be, but, I, I kind of want, uh, you know, the series that I know and love, uh, as it is in, in Kingdom Hearts first before, uh, you know, before tackling the newer stuff. And we can completely forget the prequels. <laughs> we don't need to cover those. No, we don't. No about that. <laughs> so yeah, that pretty much covers the news. Uh, so yeah, next episode, uh, if we can figure it out, we'll definitely be talking about, uh, the, uh, D23 stuff. So, yeah, moving on to the question segment. So, as a reminder, if you guys want to be featured in the question segment, please send your emails to khuquestions at gmail.com. So, our first question comes from Jacob Cullen, and Jacob asks, With news that the release window for Kingdom Hearts 3 has been internally decided at Square, what do you guys think the window slash date is? And, going a little bit further... Uh, for fun, could you make an official bet on what month and year Kingdom Hearts 3 will finally be released on? So, Churro, you wanna, let, let's start with release year. What, what release year do you think Kingdom Hearts 3 will come out in, in light of everything we saw at E3? Um, well, going off what Noah said about, uh, the games being at an advanced rate, mm-hmm. I believe that it could actually be re-released next year. Okay, so you're saying 2016? Yeah. I'm going to go 2017. That's that's going to be my pick. So, and now I want you to pick release month. For pick Japan month or for North America? Japan. Japan. I think it'll probably be November 2016, Japan. Okay. So, locked in. That's the official bet from Cheryl. My official bet from me, Brandon, I'm going to pick March 2017. Oh, that's you're my going bet. for the anniversary, aren't you? I'm going for the anniversary. <laughs> I knew I knew that month as soon as you said <laughs> Gotta it. Gotta lock it in. But yeah, that's 
So I honestly, I don't think it will come out that far from when you're saying true, but I think for strategic reasons, like That's the not getting in the not getting in the way of Final Fantasy 15 reasons, I think they'll probably push it. Well, I mean, like like I, like I said, Nomura's is at advanced rate, you know, and they have it already released. Uh, date internally, you don't really yeah. hear that from Final Fantasy 15. You know, you... actually, we have heard it from Final well, Fantasy 15. Well, I've only heard was Saitamalus release. That's it. And I haven't heard anything yeah. about them having a release date set within their company. Oh, yeah. They they do. So Tabata Tabata's been talking about internal release dates as well. I think as early as 2014. I, honestly, you know, Final Fantasy 15 is definitely way farther ahead. It's farther ahead, but yet yeah, their engine's still not done yet. Yeah, I mean, to me, I, honestly, I don't, I don't think by the end of Final Fantasy XV's development, I don't think it'll be done then. Not, and not only like because you said you, you, they were talking about it since t- 2014, it's 2015, so it's like, you know, yeah. it's been a year so far. You know, to me, I a lot of people are, I've talked to are really already believing that KH3 can be released before Final Fantasy XV because from what Nomura said about Unreal Engine 4, saying it's you know it's coming along a lot. Nice and a lot faster than they thought they would with Luminous. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I would totally agree. Yeah, Unreal Engine 4 is a big part of why why it's moving so fast. Because unlike the Final Fantasy 15 team, they didn't have to build everything from the ground. Yeah, right? they you know they're starting from you know an already proven you know awesome next gen engine, and all they need to do is add to the engine what is unique to Kingdom Hearts 3, like. Kingdom Shader and all those other things, the battle system. And not only that, they have help from Disney as well to make the animations and all that go a lot faster yeah. than just having them do it, you know, themselves. So, uh, Kingdom Hearts 3 does have a lot of help with it. So, I, like I said, um, from what I've saw, you know, what we talked about E3 before, Brendan, that, mm-hmm. um, the trailer we saw looks about like, what, 40 to 50%? Yep. So, you know, by the time they show us, you know, by the time we get through D23 in both North America and Japan, at the end of the year, it'll probably be at least 60-70% by then. Oh yeah, easily. I'm I'm thinking that, um, yeah, I think ultimately next year is the year of Final Fantasy XV. I think that's, that's going to be Square Enix's focus. But I think Kingdom Hearts 3 won't be released that far from, uh, uh, from Final Fantasy XV. I wouldn't be surprised if they're released within the same year. But like, I would yeah, say, it's, it's possible. I would say, given, I would say, give or take at least six months apart. But like, yeah, then exactly. again, like, we'll just have to wait to Gamescom to see what happens because they said that at Gamescom they're going to do a full uh, marketing drive for fifteen. If they're going to go for a marketing drive like that, you know that yeah. they're about to re- reveal a release date for it. Yep. And I, I will concede that it wouldn't even be like the first time such a thing has happened if a Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts game came out in the same year, because that happened with uh, Kingdom Hearts 2 and uh, Final Fantasy 12. They both came out in the same year. Obviously, they were on separate ends of the calendar. Final Fantasy uh, 12 was at the end of uh, 2006, and uh, Kingdom Hearts 2 was at the beginning of 2006. So they were you know, separated by many many months in the same year i think that's definitely possible but i'm thinking they're gonna push it just a little bit and i i think another reason is i think they might be trying to go for a simultaneous release like uh like 15 is going for and that might need a little extra time now, and not only that with namora working on the final fantasy 7 remake i think he wants to get cage 3 out the door too as well 
so he can put his full focus on it. Yeah, that's true. I think another question is, you know, just how big of a game is Kingdom Hearts 3? Um, you know, like in terms of size, I, I'm sort of wondering, you know, like how, how different from the traditional Kingdom Hearts formula is it? Because if it's just, you know, slightly bigger worlds, but the same formula as Kingdom Hearts 2 and Kingdom Hearts 3D is still there, I mean... The Osaka team has developed already two games of that size. And, you know, thinking, you know, with a slightly bigger team, that'll cover the cost of, uh, you know, you know, the time cost of making next gen assets. Maybe it wouldn't be so long. Like maybe, maybe the game, uh, doesn't really change the format too much. So that's why it's, uh, easier to make. I don't know. Like yeah, we, we probably uh, won't know till after it's out. <laughs> yeah. We'll have to see. Yeah, we'll have to see more. I mean, we've only seen one real gameplay trailer, so we'll have to see what else is in the game. I'm hoping they go crazy. I want craziness because I mean, it's really, it's really just weird to see that now we're just suddenly seeing Kingdom Hearts three again, and it's suddenly seeming like almost done. Whereas with Kingdom Hearts two in that development cycle, it was like. Man, that development cycle just felt so long. <laughs> of course, <laughs> I mean, technically they did have to start from scratch again. They had to rebuild the engine because their their original Kingdom Hearts couldn't really take any take anything that Namor wanted to do. And guess what? They they tried it on one engine, but it wasn't complete. They couldn't really ask for help for on the team because they're too busy helping fifteen. So they're just like, you know what? Let's just ditch it and just go with UE four and um. Another thing to look at would be, so the development of Kingdom Hearts 2, as far as we understand, started, uh, after Kingdom Hearts Final Mix wrapped up, which would have been end of, uh, end of 2002. So from the beginning of 2003 till the end of, uh, 2005, that was basically the development of Kingdom Hearts 2. So it was about three years. I mean, not only that. Give or take a few months. Yeah, not only that. I mean, they're still, still running the same engine, even though they had to redo it from scratch. So at least they knew what they were already doing with it. Yeah. But in regards to PS4, uh, which is, you know, they skipped a whole generation. And even though this is a lot easier to develop on than the PS3, it's just that... I think that just it was just the technology behind it. It's just yeah. what caused you know the K3 to be like okay. Uh, at first, it's just like oh well, what are we gonna do? You know, we have questions for the uh, Square Enix R and D about Luminous, but they're too busy trying to fix fifteen. And- yeah, fix fifteen. So we'll have to see. So I mean, with Kingdom Hearts two, you know, that was a three year development cycle. I would say our estimates. Even if, you know, one or both of us is proven wrong in, in terms of like month, uh, in terms of like the specific months, I think our range, if we take our range into account, I think our range is right on. Uh, because that would put it at roughly a three to four year development cycle, which makes sense because, uh, it took three years to make, you know, uh, the last console Kingdom Hearts game and, you have to also factor in the possibility that, you know, the change in the engine and the fact that they've moved to a next-gen platform, that that's going to add to the development time. So having it at a, you know, three- to four-year development cycle, I think we've got the right, uh, we've got the right dates. Yeah, because to me, I, I totally see at least um, summer or fall 2017 as, like, 
the like the latest they can yeah absolutely. release it. Yes. And I would say the only the only reason it would move to like a summer or even a fall 2017 is if something like really bad happens, like I don't know some real development concerns, and I I don't see anything like that happening, especially considering you know how far they've gotten already. I don't think it's gonna happen. I think it would have happened already, and I think it did happen because they had to switch their engine. I, I think that was <laughs> one of the big thing, but like like you said, with Nomura saying it's at a, a rel- relatively advanced rate right now you know i think everything's to me it's either it's either everything's on time or they're going a lot faster than they thought they would yeah so i think that pretty much wraps up that question and true if you'll take this next one next one from michael barodi and he writes in regards to the command menu engages do you think the ones they show which are reminiscent of kh1 and kh2 are sort of a default till they get further along development or are we are we more likely to have those again? I personally preferred Birth by Sleep's command menu battle system thus far in the series, and I personally hope they bring it back. Though I understand that they would need to expand on it or differentiate it. So I think honestly, it, it from what Nomura was talking about with the battle systems, uh, he always said that Birth by Sleep and all the other side games were more experimental, and that's why they played around with the battle system. And he said uh, when Kingdom Hearts 3 was uh, first announced that uh, he wanted to bring it back more to the original Kingdom Hearts formula. So that's why we have that command menu. I th- Honestly, I wouldn't worry too much about it not being as uh, action-oriented as, you know, Birth by Sleep or 358, or Birth by Sleep or Dream Drop Distance. I think they're trying to, so they, they've got the old command menu, but I think they're going to augment it with all the other stuff you can do apart from the command menu, namely flow motion and attraction flow. I think they're trying to focus more outside of the command menu and more on the actions you can do in the world. And that, so you've got the crazy actions you can do in the world plus the traditional command menu you get a nice a nice mixture of the more traditional kingdom Hearts style you know and then the more action oriented crazy experimental stuff so it's sort of like a blending of the old stuff that they had from before and the new stuff that they learned from developing the side titles so i think it's going to be sort of a mix that way i mean i mean you're right when you say it's a blend because you know because the main consoles are more about like what you do around you as opposed to what you're trying to look at your menus. Like the handhelds are always, always about what you can do, you know, in, in the meantime, like you can, you know, create, um, commands and, you know, do all that. But this is more like just since the areas are going to be huge anyways, you know, mm. the traction flow comes into play because of, you know, how big it, it's going to take. So I think yeah, they're just exactly. trying to focus on what's around you this time. Cause, uh, with Kingdom March 2, they had the, um, uh, reaction commands, which is, you know, quick time events that you do during certain boss battles. And that's more played around the environment around you. So I think yeah. they're kind of going back to that. And, but at the same time, like you said, include some of the things they experimented on and just make it a lot better. Yeah. I'm hoping that in terms of, uh, executing like special attacks, like special abilities, I- I'm hoping that it's something more like birth by sleep. Uh, Nomura confirmed that there won't be any more QTEs. There's no no reaction commands in Kingdom Hearts 3. So I can't wait to see how, you know, abilities are worked in 
like you know like strike raid or sonic rave and all those all those crazy attacks that we used to have like I, I hope they're still integrated in some way maybe they can be integrated into flow motion or attraction flow somehow but I, i'm sure they'll they'll be in there somehow but uh yeah i would say if, if anything comes from the birth by sleep commands uh it would be how the uh how the commands work i, I think maybe what might be kind of cool is if they sort of take the take how um Final Fantasy 15 handles things where there's a sort of revolving command thing yeah. that you have on top and then you can cycle through them and then by the press of the triangle button you can execute it. Yeah, I, I, that's, that's the only way. That's kind of like birth by sleep. That's the only way I can see bit. them. Because remember how uh, in Kingdom Hearts 1 we had all like Ars, Akram, Strike Rate all in the same command yeah. but it, but they only appear in, in the correct situation. Yeah, I, and you can't, you, yeah, can't, you can't really control yeah, it. Yeah, so I think that they might pull you know pull something from like that into that so that you can choose which um because you know in kingdom hearts 2 they added you know the two menu functions of the command exactly. so you can do you know which was honestly that was really confusing like i'm sure a lot of people really didn't understand especially when that, you cause... have switch party in one side and with their like co-op yeah. attacks and then you switch it over to the drive and item command and item menu i i honestly never used that unless i wanted to switch party members or use my drive forms or something like that it was it was it was honestly kind of a pain to have it like that many menus. So yeah, I'm I'm hoping if if they take anything from Birth by Sleep, uh, I want them to implement it kind of like how uh, Final Fantasy 15 has their their uh, special. It's the same thing. Like I would love to see um, them just bring back the command reloads because I think that's what makes it so good because you can just switch along commands and use the one you want. But instead of exactly. you know using you know up and down like you said, you press left and right to switch it. And then yeah. I also enjoyed the um command styles too cuz they just made your attacks so more much more powerful. Yeah. Another possibility is maybe they could uh I mean it would be it would kind of like I don't know. It it make you have to choose a little bit more, but they could also integrate it into the shortcut system. So maybe now you can add uh, abilities to your shortcuts instead of just magic. Maybe that's another possibility. I, I would like that a lot. <laughs> yeah. So there's there's different ways that they can you know uh, they can improve uh, executing special attacks, and we'll just have to see how how it is. Because as of right now, we don't know how they're really implemented into Kingdom Hearts three uh, if they're in there at all. Uh, so yeah, uh, moving on to the next question. This comes from Lauren Graf, and Lauren asks, "Hey, Kingdom Hearts Union crew, so." Here is my what-if scenario. Another one of these what-ifs. So, uh, what if Aqua let Terranort fall into the realm of darkness and just saved herself instead? Ooh. What do you think? If that happened, I think that it would, it would, the outcome would have been just as bad because since Terranort is, you know, a big walking chunk of, like, extreme darkness, um, I think mm-hmm. you could, I mean... In all honesty, Terranor would survive easily because he can just, you know, command all the Heartless. And then since the Heartless has a way to escape into, you know, the realm of light, yep. I'm sure that ex- uh, Terranor would just, just summon a big old group of giant Heartless into the realm of light with him. So I think yeah. that I think in that scenario, I think it's an actual lose-lose situation simply because of. Well, it might be, it might be, yeah, it might be a trade-off, like, maybe for some reason Terranort becomes more powerful, but Aqua would be in the Realm of Light, so but like, we've got that. But, like, well, then then she can always go back and wake up 
Ventus, and then the two of them can True. get married and live happily ever after. But <laughs> I know, but um, but like, because yeah. like, because even when she goes back and wakes up, Vent never try. I mean, well, she can't really. She, I don't. I don't think she even knows how to wake up Ventus. So basically, she'll yeah. be just at a you know loss for what to do next. You know, trying to figure out to you know then then she has to realize oh how do, how am I going to rescue Terra and then how I'm going to rescue Ventus so I, th- think... I think it'll be still be good because you know how Breath of the Sea Volume Two was kind of showcased a little what Akko was going to go through in the Realm of Darkness yeah well it's kind of exactly. like that but yet instead of Realm of Darkness you have the Realm of Light It'll be you have your own light, little yeah. you know further side I mission I think an interesting an interesting role she might have been able to play would have been the master to uh, Sora and Riku train them instead and maybe. Yeah, train them instead and actually give them some guidance because Sora and Riku have sort of had to figure it out on their own. It wasn't until 3D that they finally started getting some real training. So, And it's amazing uh, how Xehanort himself said that he's just a dolinary boy, one of the strongest Keyblade Masters he's seen. You know, it's, yeah. it just shows that on, the, on Sora's own, he was able to learn so much more than an actual Keyblade wielder that would have been trained under a master. So. Exactly. He's got a lot of really good on-the-job training, saving his friends. So that's good. So yeah, uh, I guess ultimately it would have been an interesting, uh, interesting trade-off. Maybe we would have gotten a stronger uh, Terra Zehenort, but maybe our team would also be stronger because they would have been trained under the tutelage of Aqua. Perhaps she would have uh, helped them out. Or maybe she would have teamed up with Mickey or something like that. Who knows? The, uh, I, th- I think in-, in the end, the main thing is the forces of darkness would have gotten stronger, but the forces of light would have also gotten stronger. And, uh, so and, kind of and out of that, they wouldn't have to be down three Keyblade wielders too. So. Yeah, that too. And there's also maybe a possibility that Ven would have been waking up in the process just because even though Aqua doesn't know how to save Ven at the end of Birth by Sleep, perhaps being in the realm of light, she would have found a way, you know instead of being trapped in the realm of darkness where she can't really find that knowledge there because it's a big old wasteland, she could probably find the knowledge when she's in the realm of light. So yeah, I think that pretty much wraps up that question. And Churro, if you'll take the last one. This last one's from Jeff Brassard, and he writes, What do you think would absolutely ruin Kingdom Hearts 3 for you? As in world, story, gameplay, features, etc. So, honestly... I think I think it sort of comes back to uh, what we talked about last podcast, and it all comes down to, in terms of like story elements, like it would be if it doesn't really conclude the storyline, if it's not a conclusive resolution to the series, like or not not to the series, but to the saga that we've had so far. If it's not uh, sufficient, if for some reason I feel like Kingdom Hearts three is pressuring me to buy the next game. Like, that would probably ruin it for me a little bit. But honestly, I played through Mass Effect 3, and the ending didn't really ruin my experience with the game, and the ending wasn't that great, so I don't know. I I, I don't know. Honestly, everything seems great. If it was a bad game, that would ruin it for me, and it doesn't seem that way. So I'm I'm still excited. True, what would ruin it for you? I mean, as long as... Like you said, Nomara has. Conclu- I mean, Nomara said he has a conclusion for everybody, but as long as it doesn't make it seem that he left something out on purpose, just to keep make it keep going. And like like you said, with Ma- I didn't play Mass Effect three, but I I did play Assassin's Creed three, and yeah. that kind of left you know sour taste in my mouth. Uh, yeah, <laughs> especially true. the ending of it. And as long as it doesn't go that direction, I'll be fine. I mean, worlds 
whatever world's in there will not disappoint me because I, 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 that's the one thing that I love about Kingdom Hearts is that visiting worlds, you know, you know, gameplay features won't do it either because, you know, with the game, with the, the way the gameplay is now, you know, they've done a good job of making it better each iteration. Um, it would just have to come down with story. I mean, just what, because Nomura always says that there's always mysteries, you know, with each game that we have now and that, he says that everything will be concluded, and, and if he doesn't really hold up to that, then it's kind of like, well, what's the point of keep saying that it's going to conclude this saga when you purposely left something out to make it yeah. keep going? I will say one thing. I did think of something else story-related that would ruin it for me, because it, it was the one thing that left a sour taste in my mouth in Kingdom Hearts 2, and it is... What, what we talked about forever ago on the podcast, I called it the what if, or, or not what if, the but actually plot device. When you take something from the older games and in the new game you say, oh no, that thing in that old game that you thought was this? No, it's actually this. Zay, you know, Ansem wasn't Ansem. He's actually Zehanort. He's Zehanort's heartless. He's Xehanort, this old bald guy. Yeah, and then, and then everybody's all like, who's Xehanort? <laughs> yeah. When you take something from the previous games and you somehow cheapen it, make it seem worthless, or make it more confusing, when that happens in a sequel, as opposed to taking the old stuff and treating it with respect, taking the old stuff and uh, expanding on it and making it cooler, or taking the old stuff and concluding it, that's what I want. What I don't want to see is taking the old stuff and making it seem like maybe our journey meant nothing at all. Like Sora said in Kingdom Hearts 2, literally word for word. That left a sour taste in my mouth, and that's the sort of thing I don't want to see at all in Kingdom Hearts 3. I want you to, you know, with full knowledge of the entirety of what we've been through these past 13 years, with full knowledge of that, I want to complete those storylines and wrap up those story threads i will say based on what i saw in kingdom hearts 3d i'm not worried because kingdom hearts 3d did a really good job covering every single game in the series even chain of memories even recoded they they touched on every single game in kingdom hearts 3d so i'm not worried that shows to me that they they know okay we know look all these games are in there yeah, they made, they, they made all these, we're they made all them. the side games important to play, to understand. Exactly. Instead of just saying, oh, well, here's Kingdom Hearts 1, 2, and 3, and I hope you get the story. But no, it's, you, they, like you said, they pulled together everything to make everything seem relevant, which is really important if you want to understand Kingdom Hearts 3. Exactly. And it's really important, especially for the fans that have been through the entire series and have played everything. Like, you know, I mean, it does suck if you haven't played a particular game and you don't understand a specific plot point. But I think, honestly, it's more that you're not going to understand maybe a reference to a particular game. But I don't think it'll take away from the plot. Because, honestly, the references in Kingdom Hearts 3D were more subtle than anything. And I don't think if you didn't know a particular thing, it wouldn't have taken away. The only thing that I think might have been kind of weird is when uh, Riku sees Riku Replica which is the Chain of Memories tie-in in in Kingdom Hearts uh, 3D. Uh, If you don't know Riku Replica, that might make that seem kind of (laughs) weird. Or the the Vanitas. Or Vanitas, yeah, something like that. 
you know, just seeing this guy that looks like Sora, but he has black hair. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. So we'll we'll have to see how that ties into Kingdom Hearts 3. But ultimately, if you haven't played, you know, a particular Kingdom Hearts game and you're moving on to the final game in the series, you have to expect you're not going to understand everything. It just that's just how it works in any, you know, uh, narrative device video games or otherwise so you know you don't go to the end without seeing everything that it took to lead up to that uh but yeah i would say that's probably number one story thing uh but yeah i think that pretty much wraps up our show today thank you guys so much for sending us your questions as always please send us your questions to khu questions at gmail.com our music for this episode comes from project Astati. actually this comes from their first album so uh, this is a remix of Another Side, an orchestral remix. And if you guys know, I'm a big fan of Deep Dive. Deep Dive is probably my favorite three minutes and five seconds of any kind of video. So <laughs> Another Side is the song that plays during the Deep Dive secret movie from Kingdom Hearts Final Mix. So please enjoy this orchestral rendition of that song. It's very good. And, uh, you know, as, as we said before, our next Kingdom Hearts Union is scheduled for the 18th of August. We're gonna have to figure out how to record that to deal with, uh, you know, D23. If for some reason, I'm just gonna say it now, if for some reason the date moves around a little bit from August 18th because of recording issues, uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, we're sorry, but, we're, uh, we're gonna try our best. We're gonna try our absolute best to get it out on August 18th, but, if something happens where it doesn't uh, doesn't quite line up, it's because of D23. And as Square Enix used to say, or still says right now, please be excited and please be patient because this... And please understand. And please understand <laughs> because this this next episode is going to be a big one considering what we're going to learn at D23. So please yeah. be patient, be excited, and understand. Yeah, so we'll have, you know, and just to clarify what we'll be dealing with, uh, usually we record on Saturdays so that we can get them edited by Tuesday. And, you know, poor Lauren, she's got to record the, she's got to edit the YouTube version of this. And, you know, there's a lot of editing that goes into this show and a lot of production that goes on. So we usually record on Saturdays. This thing happens on a Sunday. And Churro, one of our co-hosts, is at D23. So we probably won't, like, it's going to be... It's going to be a challenge to record with him. It's going to be a challenge to get it edited in, in time. We're going to have to figure something out because I really want to cover it on the next show. Unless you want to do a single show and I just text you all the details. Yeah, that's that's another that's another possibility. Or we could record a special episode or we could do... We'll, we'll figure something out. You'll find out next show. <laughs> Anyways, as a reminder, you guys can subscribe to Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union on the iTunes store. Just search for Kingdom Hearts and we're number one. Yay. And, of course, you can catch every episode at KingdomHeartsUnion.com, YouTube.com, slash KHUnionVids, or Kingdom Hearts Ultimania's Twitter, which is at KHUltimania. And remember, you can always support us on Patreon at Patreon.com, slash FFKHUnion. And if you'd like your questions answered on the show, please send them to KHUQuestions at gmail.com. So, that pretty much wraps up our show. I think it's time to say our goodbyes, Cheryl. All right, um... Goodbye, guys. I hope uh, you enjoyed the show and be prepared for next episode. It's going to be big. It's going to be big. Definitely. So, I'm Brandon saying goodbye. This has been a KingdomHeartsUnion.com production. 